Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Timonini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear the Ohio State Offense's Sugar Bowl press conference from Monday, December 28th. Now buckle up, because in this marathon audio, we have interviews with tight end Luke Farrell, quarterback Justin Fields, guard Wyatt Davis, head coach Ryan Day, running back Trey Sermon, center Josh Myers, wide receiver Garrett Wilson, and offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. No relation, as far as I know. There are a few moments in the press conference when the feed started back up after a player started talking, so you'll hear that once or twice in this episode. Now, before we get into the audio, if you're finding this episode on our website, landgrantholyland.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you will get all of our unique, varied perspectives that you will only find from Land Grant Holy Land. All right, so now that we've got all of that out of the way, here's Ohio State tight end Luke Farrell. I mean, we love it in the tight end room. I mean, me, me, Rock, Jake, you know, Mitch, all those guys, I mean, that's we were saying just, just run the ball. I mean, let us go. I mean, that's all, that's all we wanted to do in the second half there. So we, we loved it. We we're excited about it. I mean, I'm celebrating with Ruck more on a block for a touchdown than if he catches a touchdown. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy, but, but we love it. Yeah. Now go to Nathan Baird from cleveland.com. Luke, this is your second look at this linebacker group from Clemson. Just what impresses you the most about them? Why are they going to be a tough team to do what you were just talking about as far as being able to move the ball on the ground? Um, I think they, they play really hard. I mean, the guys they have there, um, you know, they really buy into it to, to what they do on defense. And, you know, they, they throw a lot at you. They got a lot of different stuff. And, um, you know, I think our, our ability to, to identify and, and adjust as the game goes along will be, will be really important. And uh, I think we're, we're preparing well for, for anything that they could throw at us. Next question is Rod Walker from the New Orleans Advocate. Hey, Luke, I know you were a kid then, but do you remember much about the game back in, uh, I guess, the 2014 season when Ohio State came down and played Alabama and they were sort of underdogs and nobody gave them a chance? Do you remember much about that game just growing oh, up? Yeah. yeah, I watched that game. Uh, what do you remember about the expectations and everything. What you were saying, um, coming in as underdogs and then the, just the fight those guys had on that Ohio State team, um, you know, the, the energy and, and the emotion they played with was, was insane and, and it paid off for them, um, you know, obviously. But, yeah, that was awesome game to watch. I mean, just thinking about that throwback um, to Mike Thomas, I think it was, on the, on the trick play, and just that whole game was, was awesome. Next up is Brendan Gulick from Buckeyes Now. Hey, Luke, can you talk to us about the challenge of uh, trying to block specifically the linebacking core from Clemson as a particularly athletic group and, and just sort of what, you know, what your focus is on there? Yeah, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, they just have the ability to do um, a lot of different stuff. You know, they throw a lot of different um, um, blitzes at you and, and a lot of stuff that they don't show um, necessarily going up to that point. So just being able to ID that and, and get hands on guys and, and – um, you know, being able to play with toughness as the game goes along because because we know they play hard and uh, we think we can uh, we can play harder. We'll go to Joey Kaufman with the Columbus Dispatch. Luke, what is uh, normally in a typical bull week? I guess you'd be down there a few days ahead of time and, and do various uh, events. Uh, obviously, it's different this year. Just what is 
that been like not having your sort of typical run up to a bowl game? Um, it's been kind of a normal game week for us. I mean, having an open week, uh, just like a plus one week. Um, yeah, kind of like what we've had a lot this season with the cancellations. Um, so really the schedule isn't, isn't too far off from what we've been used to this season. Um, obviously we haven't had all those events, so it's a little more, um, you know, not a lot to do outside of practice. So just, I didn't hang with my roommates really, but, um, I think it's, it's gotten us into a good routine, you know, going into a, a game like this and, you know, not really having a lot of change. We'll go to Dan Hope from 11 Warriors. Hey, Luke, with you being a senior, just what does this mean to you, you know, going to your college ball playoff knowing this is your last chance? Um, I mean, it means everything to be back here. I mean, this is this is all we wanted, all I wanted all year, just getting another shot of this game um, to go play for a national championship. So, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's, um, you know, the accumulation of an insane amount of time, effort, you know, work put in. To, to what we do. Um, so I'm just so excited to be here um, as at my last year. So, yeah. Next question is from Tim May. Yeah, Luke, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, is, you know, you've talked about this defense a few times already on this, on this teleconference, but uh, is there a player on that team that jumps out at you like Isaiah Simmons did a year ago, or is this just more of a, a complete, you know, you're you're kind of keeping an eyeball on everybody kind of defense. Yeah, kind of, kind of the latter. Um, you know, keeping an eyeball on everybody because, um, you know, I could be blocking anybody from a, from a D D N to a safety to a corner on any given play. So really, yeah, it's just like I said about ID and that, and 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 knowing your job description, how it fits into that look. Um, I think that's huge. Having gone against that defense before, just a year ago, does it give you a little bit of a head start about what's coming? Yeah, definitely experiencing it helps. I mean, you know, because it's hard to replicate or replicate a game in practice. So we've already had that, you know, experience not too not too long ago. So that's definitely uh, um, good to have. Thanks, man. Next up is Rob Oler from the Columbus Dispatch. Hey, Luke, how much is this game this exact opponent? a program marker for Ohio State. You know, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, Ohio State's right there, but until you beat them, I guess you're not right there. Have you guys talked about that, discussed it? Um, you know, we kind of just just talk about how we play our game, and, and, and I think to us it, it is a huge game because of where it, it could lead to, and um, obviously not having having uh, won against this team yet. It's, I mean, obviously it's a, it's been a chip on our shoulder you know, since last year, since, I mean, I was a redshirt freshman in 2016, you know. Um, so, so yeah, I think I think this would be a huge win for us. Obviously, not only being able to play for a national championship, but against the, the team we're up, up against. We'll go to Dave Biddle from 24-7 Sports. Hi, Luke. You guys have been dominant at times this year, but there's also been some lulls. Sometimes maybe you guys didn't play quite as well. Do you feel like the best is yet to come, like you guys are – yet to play your best game this year and how important will that be on Friday? Yeah, I think definitely, um, you know, I think we haven't put a complete game together yet and still been able to have a lot of success so far. So, I mean, and it's, and it's always usually something little that can, you know, throw us off through the course of the game. Um, and I think getting that back on check as fast as you can um, is going to be huge, but yeah, I think our best is yet to come. And I think we can, uh, we're preparing really well to have that, you know, 
be the case on, on Friday. Thank you. We have time for one final question from Whitney Harding. Hey, Luke, forgive me if you've answered this already, but having played this team last year, I'm sure you guys have looked at the film a little bit, but besides X's and O's, what have you all learned from that game, especially in the second half last year? Um, I think something that's huge for us um, always, but, uh, you know, especially in the tighter end room is, is controlling the line of scrimmage throughout the game. Um, you know, I think that's super important as you get into the second half and, and guys get, um, you know, take those hits and um, going through all the running, all those plays. It's, it's super important to just keep controlling the line of scrimmage and, uh, you know, get the ball uh, north and south, not taking those negative plays and stuff like that. Thank you. Thank you very much for the time, Luke. I will excuse you now so you can get back to preparation. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Now it's time to hear from OSU quarterback Justin Fields. Kind of a big picture question. How has Ryan Day changed you as a as a football player? Um, you know, I think of course he's gotten me smarter in terms of knowing the game of football. But I think, you know, the most important thing he's done uh, to kind of just change my whole outlook on football. He just really just, you know, he's really into the, the process and uh, kind of howling on that. And he's really, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things I've learned from him is the difference between talent and skill. Uh, a lot of people are, are, are talented, but, you know, I, I think it takes a lot of hard work and uh, dedication to develop skills. So that's, that's one thing I'll, I'll take from Coach Day that, that I've learned. Thanks, man. Next up is Ralph Russo from the Associated Press. Hey, Justin, um, with all that's gone on this year with the restrictions, uh, the protocols for COVID, what in particular maybe have you missed? Uh, something that was taken away from like the daily routine of life, maybe not just on the football field that you're sort of looking forward to get back to or that was particularly difficult to deal with throughout this whole ordeal? Um, really just normal life. I mean, you know, um, maybe just going to the store without a mask on or playing playing with fans. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, you know, that I, that I miss. But, um, of course, it's been a crazy year for everybody. So um, I'm, just, I'm just glad uh, it's almost over and we're getting through it. We'll go to Bill Landis from The Athletic. Hey, Justin. Um, what is the key for, for any quarterback, I guess, when, when you're playing against a defense that's going to try to confuse you by showing you something pre-snap and then rotating to something else post-snap? It seems like a lot of teams have been doing that to you guys. Just as your, as your job as a quarterback, how do you handle that and process that? Um, you just have to, you know, stick to your reads and uh, stick to what you learn in practice. Of course, you have to – uh, have a read key before the play and just see what that read key does on that certain play. So if he rotates to the middle or if he comes down in rotation, you just have to see that. And um, yeah, just, just pretty much go through your reads and uh, stay calm, stay calm in the pocket and just uh, make plays under pressure. Next is Tony Gerdeman from Buckeye Scoop. Justin, it looks like you guys will have Chris Olave back. How good does that feel? And what do you miss when he's not there? Yeah, I mean, I just miss Chris being out on the field. Uh, he's a great leader for the receivers. Uh, of course, he's a great player. So I think having him back, you know, will uh, make our offense better as a whole. Um, you know, I think me and Chris have a, 
a great chemistry on the field. So um, just just having him him back out there will will definitely uh, improve our uh, offense a lot. We'll now go to Stephen Means from Cleveland.com. Hey Justin, when you watch the film on this Clemson defensive line specifically, um, specifically the interior defensive line, what kind of stands out makes them unique in comparison to some of the other lines you faced this year? Yeah, they're great athletes, big and uh, physical, and they know how to get to the quarterback. We'll go to Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row. Justin, I know you've talked about how you trust Julian throughout the season, but but when you miss a guy like Chris and you start to go to Julian a little more, have you found a a, a, a new way to kind of get him incorporated in the offense? Did you, did you find a little bit more trust in him when you had to rely on him with Chris out? Did I, I mean, I, I really had no choice, to be honest with you. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he, he had to step up in a, in, a, in a big game, and I think he did a pretty good job of that. Uh, so, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you don't trust your teammates, you, you really have no chance of winning. So I, I had no choice but, but to put my trust in uh, Julian. And, of course, he's a great player. He's young, but he's smart, fast, and physical. So um, I, I think, you know, the, the sky's the limit for him if, if he just keeps on uh, working. We'll go to Patrick Murphy from 24-7 Sports. Justin, what would you say is the biggest thing you learned from playing not only Clemson, but playing on this stage and in this basically the same game last year? Um, the biggest thing that, that I've learned, you know, just playing on a big stage like this is that one one play can change the whole game. So um, whatever that play may be, last year was the targeting call on Sean Wade. I think, you know, from that from that point on, uh, the momentum just changed. So uh, really just, just play your hardest on each and every play. And, um, you know, just, just one, one play to change the whole outlook of the whole game. So. Next is Joey Kaufman from the Columbus Dispatch. Justin, uh, you said you're kind of looking back at the, the last Big Ten title game. Um, your thumb was hurting you toward the end of that game. You said it was killing you to throw the ball. How has it felt um, in a week or so since your last game? I'll be good by Friday night. We'll go to Zachary Brazeler from the New York Post. Um, Justin, you mentioned the the Tart call last year and how that changed the game. How how much have you guys been hoping and looking forward to getting another another chance at Clemson? And what is your motivation going to be like Friday night? I mean, um, it's it's pretty self explanatory. You know that that game hurt us a lot last year, so. Um, that's kind of been our whole motivation this whole offseason, you know, just just getting a chance to play those guys again and getting this opportunity. Of course, we know Clemson's a great team. They have a great coach staff, great players. So we're just excited to be on the stage with them and uh, just, just get a, another chance to, to play those guys. Next is Brendan Gulick from Buckeyes Now. Hey, Justin, every year is a little bit different. Every team's a little bit different. And while the comparisons are natural because you guys played these guys last year, I'm curious if you see any specific differences in the way Clemson's defense tries to attack you this year. Um, not really any necessarily differences. Uh, of course, they they lost a, a few guys. I'm on defense like Isaiah Simmons, um, Tanner Muse. Uh, so a few guys on the back end, and then they, but but they also got some some new D linemen who are freshmen who are I think are playing very well this year. So uh, uh, schematically. Uh, they they do a lot on defense, but um, I, I don't really see them you know, just changing a lot. Our next question is from Tim May. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, ju- just as, as you look at their defense, who just, you know, Isaiah Simmons kind of jumped out at people last year. When I think when we watched the video, he's all over the place. Is there somebody on the defense that definitely catches your eye as you watch them on video? I think they uh, have great players all over the field. So, um, yeah. And, and when you think about a Brent Venables defense, what comes to mind? I mean, what, what do you have to you have to expect the unexpected? What's sort of your thought pattern there? Yeah, like I said before, they do a lot of stuff on defense. And, uh, you know, Brent Venables, he's a great defensive coordinator. So uh, we just got to come out there and uh, come prepared and execute on the field. We'll go to Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com. Justin, sort of following up on that topic, you've talked before, I think even in this conversation about kind of enjoying the intellectual side of football. How much do you look forward to yourself and Coach Day, I guess, getting together and having kind of this intellectual matchup with someone like Brent Venables and, and the, the kind of defenses he's been able to put together at Clemson? Um, like I said before, uh, we, we, we know what we're up against. We've played these guys last year. Uh, we're a motivated team, and um, we'll be ready to go by Friday. Um, I, I don't really – I think I need to elaborate on that. We're just, we're just, you know, just, just ready to go. Next up is Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts Media. Hey, Justin. Uh, last year in this game against Clemson, you guys didn't weren't able to punch it in a couple times down in the red zone. Same problem against Northwestern, at least early on. Uh, what are you guys doing to concentrate on that and, and get seven instead of three? Uh, I mean, it, it just comes down to executing um, on all cylinders uh, from the O-line to the receivers to me to the running back. So if, I think if, if everybody executes on our side of the ball, then, then we'll be fine punching the ball in the end zone. Next up is Doug Lemeray from Cleveland.com. So good the first three games of the year, and then you guys hit this stretch where you had a canceled game and you played. I know you didn't play the way you wanted to necessarily against Northwestern, probably the second half of Indiana. How do you feel right now? Are you frustrated? Are you mad? Do you feel good, like you're on track? Just how do you feel about your play at the moment? Um, to be honest, I feel like everything happens for a reason. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, what, what happened in those games and me not playing as well as I wanted to, uh, maybe God was, was, was sending me a message that, that I need to do more, work harder. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at, looking at it as a challenge. So, uh, I mean... For this game, I, I've, I've been preparing my butt off. I haven't prepared like this, you know, the, the whole season. So, you know, maybe I played the way I did uh, because God was just trying to tell me for this game that, you know, you need to lock lock in this game. You need to prepare for the game. So I'm not necessarily mad at, I'm mad at the way I play. Of course, I was mad uh, after the game. But um, now I'm just, just, just motivated. Next up is Bill Rabinowitz from Columbus Dispatch. Yeah, uh, Justin, Doug kind of asked that question. Um, you're the kind of guy who doesn't get phased by things, um, but I would imagine you have extra motivation because of the way you've played uh, against Northwestern and even Indiana. Um, how important is this game for you to play the way that you know that you're capable of? Um, I think it's very important, of course, you know. Uh, it's the it's the playoffs. Uh, every team in the country wants to be in the uh, spot we're in right now. So, you know, we, we just have to take it, take advantage of this opportunity that we have, and you know, make the most out of it. So, I know all of my teammates are motivated, and I and I know all of my teammates are ready to go. We have time for one final question. It'll be from Clay Hall from WSYX. Hey Justin, how's Uno doing? He's doing good. He's doing hey. good. 
what kind of message do you think Trey Sermon's 331 yards sends to Clemson? What kind of message do I think? I mean, does it do they now have to be more concerned with what your backfield can do? I mean, I, I hope they be. I mean, if they if they don't, then I hope my boy Trey runs for another 300. But um, uh, of, of course, you know, uh, their defense saw that that he ran, so. I think they're gonna, you know, take into account that, you know, of course, great, a great running back. We have a, a lot of great running backs here, but you know, Trey, Trey went off last game, so um, I just hope he gets a chance to do it again. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Next at the virtual podium is offensive guard Wyatt Davis. Wyatt, congratulations on being named the first team All-American earlier today. Obviously, I, I know you guys have a lot of team goals, but I have to imagine that's one that uh, personally you take a lot of pride in. How would you grade your play this year? Do you think you you played like a first team All-American this year? First of all, thank you. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I do believe, um, you know, and just as far as how this year went, I definitely feel like as the games went on, my, my play definitely has gotten better each week. Um, and I think just a lot of that has to do with the state of the state and, you know, not having spring ball, at least for me, that was my biggest takeaway was how important those refs are, especially with offensive line. You know, uh, with those first couple games, I felt like as a unit, as a whole, we weren't really able to really get our rhythm going until, you know, we played a couple more. And then after that now, I feel like it's heading on an uphill uh, uphill route, especially with this last game. I think we definitely – showed all the doubters that we had in the beginning of the season with running the ball that we definitely can can run. So uh, I, I would say that, yeah, I, I do believe I, I deserve it. Um, but with that being said, at the same time, there's also a lot of stuff that I think that I can do a lot better. And uh, I'm looking to improve on that this Friday and the week after. Next up is Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row. Why you guys are pretty confident unit up front anyways, but but when you, you have a guy go for 330 in a game and, and break a school record, how, how much confidence does that instill you guys going against probably the best front that you're about to face all year? Oh, man, it was huge. I mean, it, it got, I know, emotional for, for some of the guys, you know, after the game just because, you know, there, there's always talk each year. I mean, I feel like it's the same thing that we come across each year after the first couple games, you know, oh, we can't run the ball, we can't run the ball, the line can't block. And just to really have a solid game where we were put in a position where we had to run the ball in order to win. Um, you know, the Northwestern did a great job offensively moving the ball um, in that first half. And, you know, they were doing a great job holding us and holding Justin um, from passing all over the place. So um, just really having that feeling of, of putting the team on our back. And, you know, we said, hey, guys, this is why we came here. And, you know, we have a saying, it's always on us. Um, whether it's offensive line or defensive line, it's always on the line and who controls that line of scrimmage. And I feel like we did a great job uh, when the team needed us the most. Um, and obviously Trey was electric in the backfield. And I know that he was, he was really happy after that too because, you know, it's been, a, it's been a, a weird year. And, you know, he's had a weird time um, just as far as was at another school now he came in, you know, he's trying to figure out his role. And I think he definitely showed everyone 
you know, what his role is on this team. And uh, he's an electric back. And, um, I mean, there was a couple times where it felt like, you know, we had J.K. back there with how he was taking off. But he is so explosive and he's a great running back. And I'm just happy we were able to get the job done for him. Next will be Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch. Yeah, Wyatt, um, do you sense any kind of difference in, in Justin this week coming off what by his standards was a subpar game? Do you sense an extra motivation, determination with him? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, it's, it's not even just him, but him alone, yes. I mean, he, he's – you could just tell he has that look in his eye where – he really wants to excel, and I, I believe that he is going to excel. I mean, he's one of the great leaders on this team, and uh, I back him 100%, but it's not only just him. It's everybody. I mean, we had a whole winter offseason program dedicated to this game, and clearly what we've seen all week, and I'm sure all of you have seen this week, we're going into this game not respected at all, so I, that has a lot of motivation as well. We'll go to Rod Walker from the New Orleans Advocate. Hey, Rod, well, I just wanted to ask you about, um, obviously, your granddad made his mark down here at Grambling, and just I wanted to ask you, you know, how special it is to be playing a game in the state where he started and just how proud would he be and just his influence on your life? Man, you know, as you asked that question, it, it gave me chills um, just thinking about it. You know, um, obviously – Having him um, in my life was, was huge, and we were very close. He was like a second father to me, and, you know, I, I can only hope to achieve uh, what he's achieved both on and off the field, and, you know, hopefully I'm on that right path. And, you know, I think that he would be proud of me up to this point, I mean, especially with the decision I made coming back. And, you know, I, I had made some promises to him uh, this year that I, you know, that I would step up in a role as a leader. Now I would just play my heart out and put it all out on the field. You know, that's what I plan on doing Friday. And I know that he's going to be watching me from above as, as he has been this entire season. So, um, you know, it's, it's crazy because this is going to be my first time going down to New Orleans and, you know, I'm really excited and, you know, obviously I wish he could be here to see it. So. Do you still have family down here? Yes, I do. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a lot of family down there. I have family down there I've never even met before, but uh, yes, I do. Next question will be Bill Landis with The Athletic. Hey, well, um, this goes back to what we were talking about a couple of questions ago, but I think when the season began, a lot of people might have assumed that the sort of identity of this offense would be Justin throwing the ball a whole lot to, to Chris and Garrett, and I know that's happened, but going over 300 rushing yards the last few games, the way you all played against Northwestern, what do, you, what do you feel like the identity is? Is it possible that, that you guys are more of a kind of physical up front, run the ball kind of team than maybe most people would anticipate coming in? Yes, uh, definitely. I mean, I, I feel like we have all the tools um, to be that, and I feel like we displayed that this last game and these last couple games. Um, you know, going against great teams, uh, Northwestern was a great team defensively, and I think prior to us playing them, they – it was very few yards that they gave up rushing. Um as a matter of fact, if I'm not uh, mistaken, I believe that they were the number one rush defense in our conference this year. And to go against a team like that that's well-coached, have great players and have big guys up in the middle and to control the line of scrimmage, I felt like um, really showed what our, true ident- what our true identity is. And I feel like we showed the world what we've known this entire time. It, you know, And that's when we have the opportunity to run the ball, 
we can get it done. And uh, we have the running backs to do it, and we have the offensive line to do it. And then if we go in the passing, we have the quarterback and receivers to do it as well. Next up is Ralph Russo from the Associated Press. Hey, Wyatt. I'm wondering about this season beyond football and how hard it's been or how maybe at frustrating at times stressful. Just like what's life been like to get through all this? And maybe if there's anything in particular that you missed or that was, again, created a little extra stress in your life. Yeah, um, this is at least for me personally, this this whole year has just been one thing after another. You know, I mean, um, you know, starting off with me just going through that time period when I was away from the team, it just felt so weird, you know, to be put in that type of position. And then uh, coming back with the team, just all the uncertainty. And what stood out to me the most, which I find to be the hard thing, is just how one day you could practice and the next day you're out for a couple weeks because of COVID and just how rampant and easily it spreads. And, um, you know, I'm knocking on wood here, but, you know, fortunately enough, I've been blessed to not have to encounter uh, COVID up to this point. You know, I'm going to keep that going, but it's just a day-to-day thing. I mean, and God and, and holding guys to a standard that, you know, you can't go out and hang out with people. You can't, uh, see your family. And for me, that's been the hardest for me because, you know, being from California, if it was a regular season, I only see my, I mean, they do a great job of coming out here, but I mean, I only see them a couple of times throughout the year, you know? So that, that was probably the toughest for me was uh, not being able to see my family a lot this year. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, we're going to move on to our next uh, guest, but we really hope you get ready to uh, get back into the preparation. We look forward to seeing you down here in New Orleans. Thank you. Thank you, Wyatt. Coming up after a short break, you will hear from head coach Ryan Day. Welcome back. Now it's time to hear from Ryan Day. Yeah, thanks, John. Just um, been <clears throat> got off the practice field, been uh, teams are working hard, getting ready to play in this game. Really looking forward to uh, going down to New Orleans and playing in the Sugar Bowl. It's uh, what an honor uh, to be going down there. It's such a great city, and uh, you know, certainly wish we were spending more time in that city and, and getting to know it. Uh, been down there a couple times, went down there for a Super Bowl and uh, just unbelievable culture and, and great people. Um, so it'll be a different experience, but we're still excited nonetheless and excited to play against a great opponent, you know, rematch from last year. So the preparation's been great. Uh, everyone had a, uh, you know, as good a Christmas as we could possibly have, not able to really be around our families, but, um, but the guys have, you know, overcome a lot this year and, uh, now we have to finish the race. We got to finish it, it strong, and looking forward to continue the preparation as we head to Friday night. First question will be from Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Ryan, uh, you said last week you thought Justin would be fine. He said he'll be fine by Friday. Have you had to do anything with that thumb to hold him back or limit him? And do you have any concerns about what he could be able to do on Friday night? No, no, I think I think he'll be fine. 
Next up will be Stephen Means from Cleveland.com. Hey, Coach. Uh, as a quarterback, former quarterback, and now as a play caller, when you're going up against a team where you know they have guys who can get consistent pressure up the middle of the, up the middle of the line, you know, how does that you know change your approach? Maybe the things you have to think about as a quarterback, and then now as a play caller, how does that maybe change your approach a little bit to how you call plays? Well, I mean, this defense is, is second in the in the nation in sacks. They they create a lot of disruption, like you said. Uh, really good players and really good schemes. So, um, you know, they've they've done it against just about everybody they've gone against. So we got to understand that. We got to understand the patterns. We we got to do a great job in firming up protection. Quarterbacks got to understand that. And, um, and you know, it just comes down to preparation, understanding the different patterns that you're going to see, knowing that you're going to see some things that um, maybe you haven't seen before. And that's part of it. Um, but, and, and they know us very well. Um, you know, they, um, you know, always have really good schemes. So we'll have to, uh, continue to do a great job of pairing so that, you know, when we get out there on Friday night, you know, we're, we're anticipating as opposed to reacting. Next we'll go to Tim May. Yeah. You know, it's, fr- it's funny, Ryan. I, I think I asked you the same question last year, but I'll ask it again. Uh, when you're going against a defensive uh, a defense uh, led by a coordinator like Brent Venables, who has this huge reputation, et cetera, justly deserved. Uh, does it peak you and your staff even more to to sort of figure it out and uh, go to battle against something like that? Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the best defensive coordinators in uh, in college football, and um, you know he does a great job calling the game. Um, you know, seems to always know exactly what the other team is doing in terms of. Uh, the plays that they're running each play and, um, you know, seems to, you know, call the right defense in, into that play a lot. And, uh, you know, why that is, you know, I don't really know, but I, I can tell you that uh, he's been doing it for a long time and it's a good challenge. Thanks, Ben. Yep. We'll go to Ralph Russo from the Associated Press. Hey, Ryan. Um, wondering, you know, you've talked a little bit about this. Um, about how the players have had to sacrifice so much sacrifices really from everyone. Um, have you sensed stress from, from them throughout this? And, and how do you deal with that as a coaching staff, like a different kind of stress that you would normally, you know, deal with in a normal, in a normal year? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely different stressors that are going on for sure. And, and they're, they're coming from different areas, the stress of um, living a different, life than you lived last year and all the different things that come with it, not being around your family, not being able to socialize, not having fans, not receiving the rewards of hard work, um, you know, games being canceled and handling disappointment. I think all that stuff adds up. Um, I think the fact that, you know, they really had to stay in isolation for the most part. And, um, and then I think there's also the stress of the body, you know, and the emotional toll the season's taken. I think that for some guys who, have done everything right um, and practiced throughout this whole time while others have, um, you know, missed practice, you know, and, and the amount of uh, people that have missed practice in the last month alone here is staggering. And so those who have practiced every day, that stress uh, load adds up on them as well. So I think, like you said, all those things add up to where they're at right now. Now, uh, some way it calluses you and makes you stronger. And that's a good thing too. I want to go to Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. Dennis, unmute, please. 
Sorry about that. Uh, Ryan, I wonder if you could reflect on the circumstances of how you got to Ohio State. It was, you know, it was after that 31 to nothing loss to Clemson where Irvin kind of retooled the staff. If that doesn't happen, are you there? And because obviously you've flourished since you got to Ohio State. Yeah, I was, uh, I was with the 49ers at the time and had a few conversations with, with coach and, um, you know, jumped at the opportunity to come to Ohio State not knowing exactly what was in store, certainly didn't in my wildest dreams think I'd be sitting where I am right now. Um, but I guess that's college football. And uh, it's it's been a blessing and learned so much about what Ohio State is, what the Buckeyes mean to so many people throughout the country, what winning at a high level means. Um, and just blessed to be around such great people as Gene Smith and all the people here who strive for excellence. and. It's it's been great, you know. Our family loves it here, and uh, you're right. I mean, sometimes I wake up and you know, you just have to pinch yourself a little bit because it wasn't that long ago that uh, you know we never thought of being in a situation like this. But but a lot of that has to do with the people that are around you. You know, we have great assistant coaches and great players and great administrators here, and that's um, that's what makes this place great. Next will be Joey Kaufman from the Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, um, a normal bowl, bowl season, you guys would typically be there a few days in advance of the, of the game, and you'd have all these festivities, and the team would partake in some of that stuff. This year is obviously different. Have you tried to recreate some of that going into this game, or is it just entirely different in just a game? What is that like? Yeah, it's 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 been very different for a lot of reasons. One, there hasn't been that much of a lead-up time. Usually you have at least three weeks, you know, um, at least two weeks, you know, this, this is close. This was quick. I mean, this was, I guess, 12 or 13 days. Plus you had Christmas in, in between. So there hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, downtime that way. And really we're not able to do a whole bunch of, um, stuff together that, um, you know, other than practice because of everything that's going on and, you know, uh, certainly all the positive tests that have, that have, you know, uh, come up over the last month. And so we've taken a lot of precautions that way. And so it's going to be more just like a game. You know, we're going to go down there the night before and, uh, you know, get some rest, get to the hotel, uh, wake up, you know, get ourselves ready to go, and then, and then go play the game Friday night. So, yeah, it's one of those, you know, things that we're just going to have to sacrifice this year is, is the bowl experience. And when you think about it, uh, it's, it's kind of a downer because you'd love to spend a week in New Orleans and uh, all those things that come with a bowl game. And that's part of the reward that I was talking about that these guys, um, you know, it's been taken from them this year. Um, whether it's fans in the stands, whether it's the recognition or whether it's the number of games you play and in, in, in a bowl experience, you know, those things do add up. Uh, you can say they don't, but they do. And it uh, doesn't mean you need to sit around and cry about it, but um, it's something you need to be aware of. And, uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll, once we get down there, we'll try to do everything we can. Uh, but in the meantime, it's, it's you know, getting, getting ready to play the game and it's all preparation here. Next will be Nathan Berg from cleveland.com. Hey, Ryan. It, it's rare, I think, even for a player of, of Justin's magnitude to, to maybe get another chance to, to go up against um, you know, one of the, the only team that's beaten him to this point, at least at Ohio State. I guess just how do you see this game playing into the, the legacy he could leave here um, and, and just the opportunity that's ahead of him as a, a competitor? Well, I think he... He left that field wanting another shot. Now he has another shot. And he's not the only guy that's, that felt that way. There's a lot of guys on our team who felt that way. And, 
you would have never thought that you are going to make it all the way back here to go play in this game. And the journey was so uh, strange to get here, but here we are. And now we have an opportunity to go, go play them again. And this is the reason why uh, everybody worked so hard during that off season was to get to this opportunity. So now we've got to go make the best of it. Um, do I know what it means? I don't know. I mean, it's an opportunity to go play Clemson. And if we win, we go play for the national championship uh, with everything that's gone on this season. And that's what, that's what matters. And you know, has it been normal? No. Um, but here we are. We asked for this opportunity and now we got to go. Next will be Andrea Adelson from the ACC Network. You mentioned practice a little bit ago. I'm just wondering if uh, Chris Olave and some of the other players who were out against Northwestern have returned uh, to practice and how much of the, if you've got the whole team together practicing, how much that will now as you prepare for Clemson? One of the challenges for the last month has just been, like you said, the, the amount of guys that have been in and out uh, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's been for the virus or, um, you know, guys just, you know, being out because of injuries, um, you know, the numbers are, are off the charts. So that, that has been a major challenge is trying to prepare for games, but having guys come in and out of stuff. Um, we have got a bunch of guys back. Guys are starting to practice now and, and um, you know, it'd be good to get some of these guys back to, to play on Friday night. Um, but it's, it's not like you just throw them back in there and they're just going hundred miles an hour again. You know, there's a, there's a ramp up to it. You know, they haven't really, they didn't do anything for 10 days and they had to pass their cardiac test. And then you have to kind of ease them into it. Uh, especially the skill guys because of soft tissue injuries. And, um, I think we're doing as good a job as anybody of, uh, having a really good protocol on how to get them back safely to play. Uh, but it, but it certainly has been a major challenge, you know, guys in guys out. And like I mentioned before, that puts a lot of stress on the guys who are, who are in there, who are taking the reps in practice because you have to practice to get better. And, uh, and we haven't had the, the luxury of playing in, you know, 13 games leading up to this. So we have to continue to practice. So that's, that's been one of the challenges this year. And uh, it's something that our guys have embraced. It hasn't been easy, but, but they've overcome it. And, um, and here we go. Next up will be Bill Landis from The Athletic. Hey, Ryan. Uh, you, you've talked a lot since you've been here about your offense and, and staying aggressive. Um, I'm just wondering, if does aggressive always have to mean throwing the ball? Can a team be aggressive running the ball? And, or just like what's your idea, I guess, when you think of that? And, and why is that the preferred disposition, I guess, for lack of a better word, for your offense? No, I don't think it's preferred. I mean, I think the idea is to score. Um, it's like in the big, you know, the Big Ten championship game, we ran for, I think, 330 yards in a game uh, or I forget exactly what the number was. So, I mean, we're, um, we're always going to strike a balance. We always want to do that. And I think when you look at the numbers, I think they would probably uh, they would probably show that that's that's what we have. We have a pretty good balance. I don't know what our, our passing and, and running numbers are right now, but we always have to put pressure on the defense and uh, throwing the ball is a huge part of that. And that also opens up the run game. Um, and I think that's part of how you attack teams. And if you're not executing at a high enough level, then you need to get that fixed. But whenever you start, uh, you know, not calling it aggressively, that's when, you know, bad things happen. You know, you lose confidence and, and that's not the way we're wired. I mean, we're going to go out there and try to score as fast as we can and uh, try to score as many points as we possibly can. But at the same time, keeping that balance and controlling the ball. Um, so whatever that is, and then we'll look at the, 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 you know, schematically what gives us our best chance. 
You know, in certain teams, they, they load the box and you have to throw the ball. Um, you know, we didn't throw the ball as efficiently in the, in the last game as we would like to have uh, missed a few opportunities. Could have been a bigger number, but it wasn't. So that's what you got to learn. You got to get better at it. Um, and so we're always looking for that balance. And, and being aggressive is, is both. You know, it's sometimes playing with tempo. It's sometimes taking shots. And, um, but at the end of the day, if you're forcing the team to, you know, to defend the entire sideline, and run and pass and the quarterback run. I think that's when you put the most stress on the defense. And if I can follow up on that just, just quickly, last year in this game, you guys kicked two field goals from the five-yard line, and that would seem to run a little counter almost everything you just said. And, and I'm just wondering how those two field goals have sat with you over the last year as you've sort of framed your your mindset for this offense this year. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to you know go back and – uh, replay the game last year, but one of the one of the issues was field goals in the red zone and not scoring touchdowns down there. We had one call back, we had a drop, we just it, it didn't didn't happen. So, you know, we got to make sure that you know we're scoring touchdowns when we get down in there. Um, you know, but in, in games like this, we also got to be smart. And um, you know, if our defense is playing well, and you know, kicking field goal is something you got to do at that time. You got to do that. I mean, you can't just be reckless either. Um, you know, we also went forward on fourth and one and threw a touchdown. Um, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, we're, we're always going to be aggressive, but at the same time, you can't be reckless. Thanks. Yep. Next is Rob Oler from Columbus Dispatch. Hey, Ryan. How important is this game as a program marker? You guys are right there. You're up 16-0. and It slipped away. But you've got Alabama and Clemson. How important is it that it is Clemson and that you have a shot to make a statement? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, Rob. You know, I would say, you know, in a normal year, I'd probably have a better feel. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think this is more about these, these, this team and these guys on this team and the leaders and what they've done and their story, the story that, that these guys have and their journey to get to right here and what, and what the, the final chapter or two is going to be. That, that's more to me what this is about. This is about a bunch of guys who have just been through so much and had the season canceled and restarted and then games canceled and here they are right back to where they started when, you know, a year ago to play Clemson again. It's just an amazing story. And I think it's more about them than it is like a statement about, you know, where we are. Uh, you know, we'll see if we can all come up for air and, and maybe reflect on that in the off season. But this is more about our culture and our team and, uh, I really would love for these guys to have something at the end of the end of the season, a big ring to show for everything they've done because they've sacrificed so much. And I think it's, that's, that's really the story to me. We'll now go to David Hale from ESPN. Hey Ryan, given all you just mentioned, this might be a difficult question to answer. Um, I know Dabo has been fairly outspoken about the idea that playing uh, 11 games as they have is different than playing the six that you have. Uh, and when you compare this year to past seasons, do you feel like your team is in a different place having only six games under their belt at this point in the year, um, physically, emotionally, mentally, or, or has the toll of all of the other stuff been so great as to sort of ameliorate any level of, of differentiation there? Yeah. I mean, everything about this season's different, you know, from the amount of games we played to, um, to all the above. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know where to start I and mean, we could talk about it for an hour, but yeah, everything about it's been different. And uh, to sit here and, and tell you exactly, um, you know, where we are compared to years past. Um, 
No, I mean, it's, it's totally different. Everything about it's different. The way we practice, the way we eat, the way we meet, the way we travel, the way everything, uh, preseason camp to all of the above. So this is, this is a different season in all uh, areas. Next, we'll go to Jeremy Birmingham from Letterman Row. Hey, Ryan, two-parter here. Um, first of all, with, with everything that Justin went through in the last year, the, the way last season ended, to the Indiana second half to Northwestern, how do you stop him from trying to do too much against Clemson when obviously there's so much riding on his shoulders? And then secondarily, how much did Justin change you as a coach in the time that he's been at Ohio State? Well, I think the first thing is you just have to win the game. And I think one one thing that happens a little bit at Ohio State is people want to uh, want you to win a certain way here. And I think sometimes that's a little dangerous. Um, but right now, there's only one goal, win the game. doesn't matter if you win 6-3. to three, doesn't matter if you win 52-51. Just win the game. And I think that's has to be the approach. And not, you know, are we going to beat a team by, you know, 28 points? Are we going to throw for 500 yards and, and uh, be in the Heisman Trophy watch or whatever? It's just, it's win the game. You win the game, you move on. And that's what matters. Uh, so I think that's the focus. And uh, no, it's, it's been fun. Uh, you know, work every time you have um, different quarterbacks come in, you learn a lot about yourself and uh, you build different relationships and certainly have a special appreciation for Justin as a competitor and as a person. We have time for one more question. We'll go to Kyle Rowland from the Toledo Blade. Hey, Ryan. Um, the fan bases of these two teams to me view it as a rivalry. I was just curious kind of what you thought and the people in the Woody think. Um, clearly, you guys recruit against each other. You've played in a lot of high-stakes games. Just what do you think of this Ohio State-Clemson series? Well, I mean, you know, it's the second year we're playing them in a row, and, and they've won two national championships here. I think it's four of the last five years they've been in it. Um, I think they've won six ACC championships, if I'm correct. I mean, they've they've – um, you know, been right at the top of the game for uh, almost a decade now. So they're um, they're up there. And then, you know, when you look at where Ohio State's been in, in the Big Ten and, um, you know, playing in the CFP and, and um, you know, our games against Clemson, um, you know, if we continue to win, you know, we're, we're probably going to run into Clemson or Bama along the way. So, you know, rivalry and we're not the same conference, but certainly if we move on, then you know we're gonna we're gonna see these guys, and so it's it's always great to get to this point and play against a great competitor like Clemson. Thank, Thank you. you very much for your time today, Coach. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck with the rest of your preparations. We'll see you in a few days. All right, thanks. Next, we have OSU running back Trey Sermon. Hey Trey, um, a lot. You know, a lot. A lot was made of Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney ranking you guys 11th last week. And, you know, a lot of people have talked about the fact you guys have only played six games. What what was your reaction to Dabble ranking you 11th? And just what are the teams kind of hearing about the only six games and that maybe they don't deserve to be here? Uh, we're not really focusing on it. I mean, uh, we were well aware of it. But, I mean, our mindset is just to continue to practice and get better and uh, be ready come Friday. We'll go to Stephen Means from Cleveland.com. Hey, Trey, you weren't here last year when that game happened, but obviously you are probably very, very aware of what happened and how everybody in that building feels about things. And given how you played in the Big Ten Championship game and being around these guys and knowing how people feel about Clemson, I guess what's been your, you know, 
point of view of it as an outsider who came into it? I guess, how have you kind of been inducted into that national rivalry for lack of a better way of putting it? Um, I mean, uh, just since I've gotten here, I mean, I, I've been told about the about the game and everything. And I mean, my mentality towards it all is just do whatever I can to help this team reach our goal. And I mean, that that uh, starts with taking care of business on Friday. So. Next will be Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Trey, if you set a single game record in the Big Ten championship game, what are you supposed to do for an encore in the CFP? I uh, really just play my best game. I mean, uh, I know that, like I said before, my ability, I'm, I'm more than capable of getting the job done. So um, I don't need to do anything extra. I mean, uh, just give 100% effort and, again, just play my best game. We'll now go to Bill Rabinowitz from Columbus Dispatch. Hey, do you remember watching the Ohio State-Clemson game last year and what your thoughts were? Um, I mean, I definitely felt like I thought Ohio State was going to win, and uh, it was definitely a good game. We'll now go to Patrick Murphy from 24-7 Sports. Hey, you obviously – came to Ohio State for, for this last year to to achieve something. And I assume there were personal goals involved, but the opportunity to to play on this stage and, and win a national championship, what would that mean for you in this, what's likely your last year of college football? It'll mean a lot. I mean, uh, it is part of the reason I came here. I came here for to, to play on a big stage like this and to ultimately win a national championship. So. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm excited, and I, I just can't wait for this opportunity. Next, we'll go to Tim May. Yeah, Trey, I had uh, Eddie George, the guy stole his record, man. I had him on my podcast this week, and the thing he pointed out was the fact that, uh, you know, the way you you guys have only had six games to really get going. You had, you've only had six games to get going with an offensive line. How much different do you feel, even in practice right now, than you did three or four weeks ago uh, after that sort of that symmetry you guys developed uh, over the last two games? Um, uh, I feel a lot different. I mean, uh, like even in practice, I can tell that, I mean, I'm just getting a, a better feel for the guys up front. I mean, uh, just kind of getting used to them and, and, and how they move and, I mean, just, uh, just working off of that. So, I mean, there's definitely a big difference within these uh, couple weeks. Now go to Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com. Trey, last week, uh, or two weeks ago now, I guess, against Northwestern, you were kind of able to really get in a rhythm and get going. Um, do you expect to share more of that time again with Master, and how does that affect things if it goes back to, to more of a split at the running back spot? Um, I've just been focused on just, again, making the most of my opportunities, whether uh, they're, they're split up or uh, I'm, I'm getting uh, more bulk of the carries. Uh, my, my mindset, again, is just to make the most of my opportunity and be the best I can when my name is called. We'll now go to Ralph Russo with Associated Press. Trey, so you, uh, you transfer the, the world goes on fire here and and things are very different this this year with COVID and all the restrictions. I'm wondering how that's just been for you personally as far as like getting to know people 
when, when you can't really do that, getting to know a new city when maybe you're limited in how much you can move around. What's life been like in a new place under these circumstances? Um, it was pretty tough at first. I mean, uh, like, I, like I wasn't really going around the city much. I mean, I may get like food to go from someplace, but I mean, for the most part, uh, if I wasn't at the facility working out or practicing with the guys, I mean, I, I'm just at home. So, I mean, uh, it, it was a, it was pretty tough, but I mean, I, I was willing to make a sacrifice uh, to, to play with this team and uh, play with my brothers now. So, Next question will be Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk. Hey, Trey, congratulations on your uh, performance in the Big Ten Championship, man. Uh, you're a kid from Marietta, Georgia, so you know this Clemson program to a degree. What do you see from them defensively that you feel like really stands out compared to some of the other programs that you've played this year at Ohio State? Um, they're, they're a good team, and as far as, like, defensive-wise, I mean, they, they fly to the ball. I mean, uh, if you look, everybody is just trying to get in on the tackle and, I mean, just, just flying around as a whole on the defense. Next will be Jeremy Birmingham from Letterman Row. Trey, when you woke up Saturday morning for the Northwestern game, did you feel different? Did you have a different, like, just vibe about you that day? Because I, I don't think most people can really understand the level that you were playing at that day. And I guess I'm just wondering, did you feel different that day? Um, nah, I didn't really feel different. Uh, I mean, I, I felt good. I mean, cause I, I knew I prepared well, uh, leading up to the game, but I mean, I, I really didn't feel too different. How much of the change in the first six weeks to now do you think is a result of your physically finally feeling confident in your knee or uh, compared to the comfort with the offensive line? Um, I, I feel like it was just more, uh, just just getting comfortable with the uh, offensive line, the guys up front. I mean, uh, it it takes time to really get a flow um, of how like the where like plays are gonna hit and uh, how guys move. And I mean, really just adjusting to the speed of of this conference. Because I mean, uh, um, the Big Ten and the, the Big Twelve is just a little bit different. I mean, it's kind of the same just because I mean it's at the college level as a whole, but. I mean, there was a, a tiny difference, but yeah. Thanks. Our final question will come from Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row. Trey, I know that you guys are trying to, to be careful of what you guys do as a team and, and not be around uh, everybody at once, but was there a way that you were able to thank the offensive lineman for getting you 300 yards, or did you do anything special or nice for him? Um, I, I wasn't able to do anything uh, special yet for him, but, I mean, I was just – I was just explaining to them how, how grateful I was. I mean, uh, they they were dominant all game. And I mean, they they were working hard and they made my job easy. So, I mean, uh, I definitely thank them a lot, but I'm still thinking of uh, something I can do for them. Thank you very much for the time, Trey. We really appreciate it. You can uh, head on back to get preparing for the game and we look forward to seeing you in New Orleans in a few days. Thank you. Thank you. The next player at the mic will be center Josh Myers. Broke one record, and now Jerry Umig just basically forgot who I was. So I just had to had to throw that out there. Trey is now Jerry's favorite player. Um, it's no longer me. Sorry about that, Bill. I just had to get that off my chest. That's all right, Mike. Um, 
you guys have said, uh, Ryan Day has said that um, you guys haven't played your best game yet. That, you know, yeah, obviously in sport, sports you've played well, but not entirely. How much do you think of that is because the season's had no rhythm, that you've been on again, off again, and the fact that you haven't played a team until now where you can get – until now you could get away with not playing your best. Do you yeah. think that you guys – you know, how much is there to that that you – think you can play your best because you're going to have to play your best. Yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it. You're right. There hasn't been any rhythm to anything we've done this season. Um, you know, we've just we've been, you know, taking hits one right after another, whether it be games getting canceled or players having to sit out. Um, and it's, it's just been a really weird year, no doubt about it. Um, and that, I think that plays a, a big part in it, that there's there's just no rhythm to it, you know. And when it's in a season, you you get so used to the weekly routine always being the same over and over, and it, it just carries over into everything. I My week, like last season, my weeks never changed. Like what I did during the week, exactly the same every week to a T. So, yeah, that's, that's I think that's a big part of it. And then also you, you, the aspect of, of we could you know the teams that we've played to this point we could get by without playing you know four quarters of really good football we'll go to nathan baird from cleveland.com hey josh uh, just curious but yourself um and, and maybe other players on the team i guess you can speak for yourself just kind of what what you think this game means for justin fields um we obviously quarterbacks get a, a lot of credit but there's also a lot of pressure on their shoulders and just how, how much there is on him to perform well and, and kind of rise to the occasion in a game like this? Yeah, there's there's no doubt a lot of pressure uh, on Justin's shoulders in a game like this. Um, but to be fair, um, there's a lot of pressure on Justin's shoulders every game. You know, I mean, even you go back to last season and how many big games we played in then and into this year. I mean, there's, there's always a lot of pressure um, especially on Ohio State quarterbacks through the years. Um, if you look back, there's always been a lot of pressure on them. And, and I honestly believe Justin is someone who's built to handle that pressure. Um, so I think, you know, I think he'll do great, obviously. Next question will be Rod Walker from the New Orleans Advocate. Hey, Josh, um, Wyatt was named first-team All-American um, today, but what's it just sort of been like lining up beside him and, you know, maybe what's something you've learned from him and what's he been like as a teammate? Yeah, he's been he's been a great teammate. Me and me and Wyatt are obviously super close and we've played together um, really right next to each other the last four seasons. Um, and it's I've gotten lucky, man. I lucked out. I mean, he's he's an incredible football player, really smart um, and works really hard. Man, I've, me and him have gelled big time. So it's been. It's been awesome getting to play next to him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss it, um, no doubt about it. We'll go to Joey Kaufman from Columbus Dispatch. Josh, if this was a typical season, you guys would be uh, headed to the bowl game, Sugar Bowl, in New Orleans, a few days ahead of time, and, and probably do some, some various festivities around the game. That's been the case: Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, Pass Bowl experiences. What is, it, what has it been like not having that this year? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Um, you know, it's such a shame because anytime we go as a team out to both sides, we just have so much fun. Um, it, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year every year. I mean, as a team, we just have a blast. Um, 
so it's it's super disappointing that we don't get to this year. Um, you know, we've really it, it, the turnaround was so fast it almost doesn't even feel like a bowl game to be honest. You know, usually I don't know how many days we had in between the Big Ten championship and the Fiesta Bowl last year. I think it was like seventeen or something like that, eighteen. Um, I don't know. The, the turnaround just seems quicker. It doesn't it doesn't feel real, but neither does anything that's happened to this year, right? I mean, it's been it's been crazy. So yeah, it's it's a shame we're missing out on that because. Um, we always just have so much fun. Next will be Andrea Adelson from the ACC Network. Josh, I know you told me back in August that um, this was the game that you all targeted uh, to have this rematch because of what happened last year. Um, what is it like now that it's here, given all the adversity you guys have faced and you just talked about pressure? Do you feel like your team feels pressure um, because of what happened last year and wanting to get payback, so to speak. Yeah, it's, uh, this is exactly, you know, this is exactly where we wanted to be. Um, you know, it's no secret that, that we wanted to win that game really badly last year. And it was, it was extremely rough the way that, uh, the way that we left that field. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, definitely good to be to be back in this position and this is you know this is where we wanted to be and, and thank god we're here after the, the crazy year we've had um and i think we're just excited to get another shot at him next is steve hellwagon from bucknuts media hey josh uh wanted to ask you last year in this game you guys struggled inside the 20 yard line had those three field goals first half and then northwestern uh, last week, kind of the same thing inside the 30 were some problems. Just have you guys pinpointed maybe what was going on in there? I know you go back to that game last year. They missed a pass interference call in the end zone that hurt you guys, and J.K. dropped a pass, But which, you know, those plays go either way. But just what what's your thought maybe about what can be done? Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's all little things. Honestly, the the intensity of of de defenses get intensified in the red zone. Obviously, there's like an extra defender there, um, with the back of the end zone being there, and so defenses definitely can can buckle down and make stops in that situation. And as a team, that just leaves our offense with, uh, you know, no no room for error basically. Um, and it was, it was always uh, like when you watched the last year, it was always little things, right? JK on that touchdown catch. Um, you know, the, like you said, right across that, that play across the back of the end zone with the pass interference, but our protection could have been better, right? There was someone right in his face. We should have been better on that. Um, and, and maybe Justin makes that throw if that doesn't happen. Um, so there's, there, there's all kinds of things that, that happen down there that are extreme. They may seem extremely little, but in, in the long run, it's the difference between field goals and touchdowns. We'll go to Ralph Russo from the Associated Press. Hey, Josh. So after a game in a normal season, I'm sure you get together with your family, celebrate, get together with your friends a little bit and celebrate. What has it been like this year? What, I mean, what's a what's a post game celebration like for Josh Myers after in COVID world? Yeah, it. Uh, one of my favorite things about games is is getting to see my family afterwards and talk to them. And it's it's extremely disappointing that it's 
not something that I could do this year. Um, so they, they still always go to every game that they're allowed to go to, uh, depending on where we play. Um, and I always, I FaceTime them on the bus or on my way, you know, back to my house if we had a home game. Um, so I, I still talk to them, but, but that's my way of, of, of getting to spend time with them in that, in that amount of time. Cause that, that, that time is really special to me. I don't get to see my family very often as is. Um, and it's, it's a shame that it's the way it is, but nothing we can do about it. And so I just try and try and talk to them as much as I can when I can. Time for one final question from Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. Josh, I wonder if you'd kind of relive one more time the circumstances and how hard that was that uh, battling through COVID. Um, when I had it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was terrible. Um, I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it for for you. Um, I I tested positive and I. I, you know, left my house immediately um, and had to go quarantine for 10 days. Didn't see anyone for 10 days. Um, you know, just, I mean, I sat there. I had, thank God I had some schoolwork <clears throat> for me to do um, and, and to finish up on some finals, uh, at least those first couple of days. So I didn't completely lose my mind then. But boy, towards the end of it, I mean, I was watching. I was watching film on Michigan state constantly just trying to, you know, help the guys. I, I just, I, I had nothing else to do. Um, you know, texting, texting all the guys who started that week and, you know, sending them stuff and trying to, trying to be a part of it as much as I could. Cause man, I was, I was sick, not getting, you know, not, not to be able to be there. You know, one of my, another thing too, like Max Ray is, is one of my best friends. And, you know, him getting his first start, that's something I would have loved to have been there. I, I, I can't even express how badly I wish I could have been there for, for that so I could see him do it in person. Um, it was hard. It was hard to just sit there and, and not be able to be a part of it. But I got through it. So here we are, right? Wait, was there a dorm that they put you in or what, how, what was the isolation like? Um, I had I had a, a separate a separate place to stay from from it's a hotel, but. Um, I, I did not stay in a hotel. I stayed in a in a separate building in the middle of nowhere, a cabin. Thank you very much for the time, Josh. Uh, we'll let yeah. you get back to preparations now, and uh, good luck the rest of the week. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Hope everybody has a good one. After one last quick break, we will have wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Welcome back. Next, we have Garrett Wilson. Hey, Garrett. Uh, that Big Ten championship game with Chris Olave not playing, depending on what he decides to do after this season, might have been a preview of what next year might look like for you in this receiving core. Um, did you learn anything about from that game, from how maybe they schemed up for you or game planned specifically for you? Oh, I know playing in that game was a little frustrating, but... Um... You know, when, once Trey got rolling, I knew what I had to do the rest of the game and just make blocks and spring them on bigger runs. So, um, I mean, it was definitely a frustrating game. And like you said, I felt like I felt like they had a good game plan to stop what we were doing, passing the ball. But, um, 
with Trey, like I said, with Trey getting going, you know, that made everything, you know, a little smoother for me. And I, I wasn't as frustrated as I thought I would be, you know. We'll go to Zachary Brazeler from the New York Post. Uh, Jared, you know, a lot has been made of Dabo ranking you guys 11th last year. He's joked about, um, you know, he could run for office in Michigan because of, I guess, some of the stuff with you guys. What What is the rivalry like between these two teams? And what was your reaction to, you know, all the stuff about him ranking you guys where he did? Um. I mean, we we definitely heard about it, so I'm not gonna sit here and say we did, we didn't hear about it and we didn't react to it. But um, you know, with us, it was just fuel to our fire. You know, we had a good uh, good week good week of practice so far, and uh, I think that he uh, you know kind of fueled it a little bit. So you know, it's been a lot easier to go out there and put the work in, and um, know that we're preparing for Clemson, like you say, because this robbery that is uh, built up over these last couple of years. So um, I mean, they're a great team. Uh, we're we're a great team, and you know, whenever two teams get together that are two high caliber teams like us, you know, it's gonna be. A, Gonna be a robbery, so um, we expected some of the some of the trash talking also. Next, we'll go to Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Here, how has uh, Justin looked uh, to you guys for the last week or so? I know there's been you know some a little bit of concern maybe about the thumb and the way he finished the game uh, against Northwestern. How's he looking? How confident are you, wide receivers, for how he'll look on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, I'm I'm as confident as ever in Justin. So, um, I mean, anytime he takes the field. You know, just being the way I am playing receiver, I feel like, you know, I'm in, I'm in good hands. So um, he's looked good throwing the ball um, all week. And, uh, I mean, that's that's all I really say on that. Next, we'll go to Tony Gerdeman from Buckeye Scoop. Garrett, why is it important for you to have Chris Olave out there with you? Yeah, Chris being a great player, you know, he's going to open. He's going to open everything up in the offense. So, um, I mean, they can't – DBs can't lean one way or another without, you know uh, – feeling it a little bit. So uh, Chris, Chris opens up the whole offense, you know, he can attack people downfield, run the full route tree. So um, getting Chris back, you know, that, that would, that's going to be huge. Next question will be from Tim May. Gary, as you watch their defense, I mean, obviously they, them ranking you, uh, the coach ranking you, you guys 11th and all that kind of stuff is, uh, it is what it is. But when you watch their defense, what just jumps out to you about them? I mean, they, they have a highly regarded uh, defensive coordinator and Brent Venables and stuff. And what, what makes them special in your regard? What would be the challenge for me being in the spot is uh, just realizing how multiple they are and being able to uh, adapt to every defense, every coverage they're giving me. So um, being able to analyze that stuff pre-snap and then, you know, make adjustments post-snap, that's going to be the biggest thing for me, getting open. Uh, we got a lot of respect for their defense. Everyone in the offensive uh, staff room does. I know that and a lot of the players do. So, um, you know, we can't wait to match up with the, with the great defense. We feel like we're one of the top offenses. So, um, can't wait. We'll now go to Brendan Gulick from Buckeyes Now. Aaron, because of everything that you guys have gone through this year, does it almost help that maybe this really short buildup to such an important game kind of feels like a blur? I mean, usually you've got a a really long time between the Big Ten championship and, and a potential semifinal game. The fact that you guys have had so much disruption and chaos, does does that in any way help you guys just focus on the moment to get ready this weekend? Yeah, I think having the shorter, you know, time span time span to uh, prepare something that, you know, benefits me personally just because it's, it, you can kind of lose yourself, you know, when you find yourself preparing for a team for four weeks, you know, so um, it can be harder to stay locked in and stuff like that, but with the way this schedule worked out this season, I feel like everyone knows exactly what we're playing for. Um, I mean, we're playing for it 
in the week and or less than that. But whenever we had started uh, practicing, it was a, it was a week. So um, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't that feeling like oh, we're not even really you know practicing for nothing right now. It was always you know we see our uh, opponent. We'll now go to Bill Rabinowitz from Columbus Dispatch. Hi, Garrett. We all know how the uh, game last year ended for Chris, and obviously with COVID, there was a question as to whether he would be able to play this game. Do you get a sense from him how much this game means to him? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I talked to him after that game, and, uh, I mean, all we talked about is getting another shot at, at playing Clemson and uh, another shot at playing for a national championship. So, I mean, a year later, we're right back in the same scenario, and uh, I know you know, I know that he just wants to make the most of it. Um, I mean, we all we all trust Chris. We all know he's the best receiver in the nation. So, um, you know, if we got Chris out there, we feel good. Next will be Patrick Murphy from 24-7 Sports. Garrett, last year in, in this game, you made that big catch and, and had a couple plays. But fast forward a year and, and, you know, you're one of the top two receivers on this team. How, how much different do you feel going into this game this time around? How much more prepared? Um, and, and what kind of impact do you think you can make because of that? Yeah, being prepared just comes with the reps. So, uh, you know, last year having a uh, different role, I wasn't getting those reps throughout the week. But, you know, the four weeks of preparation kind of made up for that, I guess you can say. But, um, you know, this 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 past uh, season, you know, it's been different with everything and having only two weeks to prepare. I've got my reps in. And uh, I mean, it's definitely, a you know, totally different approach to the game. Um, I know that the offense is going to be relying on me more heavily than, uh, than it was last year. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, um, able to make all the plays that that I'll need to make. Now go to Doug Lemeray from Cleveland.com. Garrett, how many photos of the leaping Clemson catch last year do you have in your apartment right now? <laughs> just one, just one. But uh, I made sure it's the biggest one. So that means. Take up the whole wall or how big is it? It's, it's pushing life size. It's pushing life size. It's pushing it. It's not there though, but it's hard. It's, it looked good. It looked good in the room. Next, we'll go to Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row. Gary, everybody talks about you guys not having Chris last last week against Northwestern, but how how odd was it and just strange and I guess different was it to ha to not have your wide receiver coach on the sideline to break things down with you? Yeah, I mean, I've never played a game without him. So since I got here, he's been here, and uh, he's you know he's been a big you know impact on our offense. So. Um, it was definitely different not having Chris out there. Um, I mean, you know, some of the play calls you, you usually see called, don't get called, and stuff like that. You know, some of the defenses that you usually see get called or roll into different sides now. So, um, I mean, it was definitely a different different game, but I, I feel like I had a different approach to it. Um, I knew I had to take on more of a leadership role because because uh, Chris wasn't going to be there. So, um, I mean, getting Chris back, you know, that, that, would, that would be good. To follow up on that real quick, it, having – Coach Hartline back on the sidelines. How how important is that? Like, does that make a difference for you in the way you can really play the game? Yeah, I mean, getting that analysis from the sideline after each play um, on what he saw versus what I saw is huge, you know. And uh, I mean, Coach Key did a great job, you know, filling in. But everyone has their own eye for the game. Everyone sees something differently. So just being able to get that second opinion from a, uh, you know, from Coach Hart, that that'll be great to have on the sideline. Thank you very much, Garrett. We really appreciate your time. Uh, you can head back to your preparations now, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in New Orleans in a few days. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Take care. In the final OSU representative for the Sugar Bowl offensive press conference, we have offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson.
Yeah, I, 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 good to see you, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Um, uh, again, we've kind of been in a mode here of uh, kind of the same timeline of preparation. So I think we've we're yeah, we've got a good model of how we've been preparing here the last couple three weeks. It's kind of a different bowl scenario this year. You know, you're kind of here with your practice site and the routine, not as much time in between, not the recruiting piece in between, not all the award shows and all that stuff. So it's a little bit more like a like a championship week, uh, like uh, uh, Clemson used to playing in the ACC championship, like we've had the good fortune of doing the Big Ten. So like a preparation, uh, we've had some good work. It's going to be a tremendous challenge. They do a great job on defense as always. And prep, prepping well so far, looking forward to finishing the week and having a best showing we can have here Friday night down there in New Orleans. We'll go ahead to questions, starting with Bill Landis from The Athletic. Hey, Kevin, um, I'm wondering if, if at over any point over the last couple of years, you've noticed it becoming more difficult to do kind of check with me stuff with the line of scrimmage and, and having to either huddle or or play like a, at a really fast tempo to give the offense more of an advantage. Because, you know, especially against this team, you check, they check, you check, they check. It seems like you can get yourself into a little bit of a pickle there if you, if you got into that kind of rhythm. I think since we've been here, you know, Bill, like um, I remember the first year we did this years ago, 20 years ago at Northwestern. And after that year, everybody thought we were smart. And they started asking questions. Well, you want to run this play to a three technique or this play to a one. And, well, if we can't block the three or can't block the one, we're going to lose. Uh, you know, every play needs to have a covered, a single high or a two deep answer in the passing game. You got to have your protection. So since we've been over here with what Coach Meyer had going in place and with what, what Ryan and I had started with, and, and a lot of plays sometimes have a lot of answers. So, you know, if you're trying to find the perfect play, you need to, you know, I always used, used to use the word reasonably sound. You know, you're not going to be perfectly sound, but you got to be reasonably sound. Clemson does a great job co- uh, creating negative plays. I think they're second in the nation in sacks, second in the nation in, in lost uh, uh, yardage, lost tackles for loss. So you got to do plays where you don't give up the negatives. You're reasonably clean. You're protecting the quarterback. So you can do, you know, you can always get cute. You can always have the, have the, um, uh, I guess the chalk last, whether it be the O or D. But at the end of the, end of the game, it's going to come down to blocking. It's going to come down to tackling. It's going to come down to ball security. It's going to come down to short yardage and scoring situations. And like I've always said for the last years, every day somebody's kicking somebody's butt. And whether it be in the media world, you guys are writing great articles or not, whether it be coaches with recruiting great guys or not and practicing well or not at winning games, every day you got to go out and kick some tail. And we can get cute with signals and scheme, but at the end of the day, somebody's got to play well. And they, 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 they do a tremendous job of scheme, but they do a tremendous job of playing hard, playing physical and kicking butt. And that's why they're a great defense every year. That's Coach Venables. Next, we'll go to Dan Hope from 11 Warriors. Yeah, you mentioned they're a team that gets a lot of pressures. Uh, it seems like, you know, Justin, maybe in a couple of these games, you know, teams have been able to make him a little bit uncomfortable with blitzing. Are there things that you guys can do as coaches to help him be more comfortable in those situations? Yeah. Well, and great question, because, again, I do think, you know, the really good teams can, one, create pressure. Uh, and as you create pressure, not give up big plays. So your ability to make your 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 protections work, your ability to make your identifications work, your ability to make – your offensive line or tailbacks work to figure out who's coming. And then also, by the way, the coverage is changing. So the quarterback's feeling people moving, moving around him. So the best way to, to for, for, for one, you practice well. And Coach Dan and Coach Dennis do a great job with their meetings and prep. But that quarterback looks great when everybody's functioning around him really well. And this is going to be a stressful game because of all the stress that Clemson brings with their different looks, their different formations, their different fronts, coverages, pressures, twists, blitzes. 
But bottom line, they make you work. They make every guy do every, every play is a fist fight in, in the passing game from a protection standpoint, whether it be one-on-one rush or twist or pressures. And then every play for Justin's a fight because the pictures are changing and your ability to process and get to the right read and distribute the ball on time, on target, as there's a lot of moving parts. So, you know, he's a tremendous player. And uh, I think, I, I think uh, you know, his, his quarterback rating is still, I think, one of the all-time highs in the history of the game. So I think he, he will do well, but he will do better as all quarterbacks do when the surrounding parts do their job to help him. Next, we'll go to the line of Doug Lamarise from cleveland.com. Hey, Kevin, a, a little more on Justin. You know, first three games of the year, he's 11 touchdowns, no picks, 87 or 88% completion, almost playing perfect. In the last three games, I think it's four touchdowns, five picks. We know you guys got in that rhythm where you had a canceled game, then you played, then a canceled game, then you play. Ryan was out, Corey was out, Chris Olave's out. Did, how much did that affect Justin and the whole offense? And where do you see Justin right now in his preparation to try to play his best game Friday? I think he's been preparing and practicing really well. Um, I think he gets, I think, uh, with Coach Day and his background, I think, and, and some strong guidance and direction on how to prepare and how to practice and and study. And then we work really hard. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know how many times you guys would get a chance to see us at practice, but I basically run the scout defense and we're doing it because I'm trying to, to give them the looks the best we can so you're getting a game look. And that's hard because, you know, your, your young players and your scout team players aren't quite as talented as what you're going to go against on the field, but you're really working hard just to create those looks. You know, I know – I mean, in, 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 in you know, the, the one game when Coach Day was out, you know, we did put up some pretty good numbers. Even the last couple of games, I think we're putting over 500 yards, so we're running it well. So it's nice. The other parts are picking it up. Uh, it'll be difficult to run like we've ran the last few games against Clemson, but I think the balance has made it a complete deal. And maybe those numbers initially were almost too high, unrealistic high. I don't know if anybody's completed 87% for the year. Um, but again, I, I, you know, uh, again, if he's been off a little bit, I think as much as anything, maybe as a player, sometimes you can try. Maybe you can have a choice you might want back. But at the end of the day, I just think as as we as a unit play more complete, his talent, his greatness, his playmaking ability takes off. And uh, Doug, and I think we're okay. Do you guys get any lake effect snow up there this week? Did you get did you get get pounded up there in Cleveland a little bit? Yeah, I see it. Thumbs up. All right. Next up is Bill Rabinowitz from Columbus Dispatch. Yeah, Kevin, um, I asked Garrett this. Uh, Chris Olave, I would imagine as much as anybody on this team wants to play in this game, especially after missing uh, the Northwestern game. What's your sense of him, and, and just how different is this offense with him in it? Well, I think there's a comfort factor uh, with with the timing and, and the time that, that, that we're talking, Justin, that they've had together. So I think whether you call that a security blanket, I don't know if I'd say that, but I think there's a lot of confidence he tracks Deep ball is unbelievably well and has great spatial awareness. And I, I think there's a lot of confidence that I think, you know, Justin knows in time if he's going to him that but between he and Garrett, particularly as years went long, that those guys had a great chance if he could get at someone on target to make a play for him. Um, so, we're, I mean, he's a tremendous player. and it's, it's good to have him back practicing. He's looking well. We'll see how the week keeps going. Um, uh, but it's, it's you know, I mean, he's, he's one of the best deep ball threats, not because he's fast, just his ability. I think his baseball background – playing center field, his ability to track deep balls has been very impressive through the years. He's one of our veteran players. He's a great player. I know uh, he took last year personal. Uh, 
maybe a little bit more personal than he should, but I think it's what competitors do. And I know he's looking forward to continuing preparation and going out Saturday and, or excuse me, Friday night and seeing how the, how the game unfolds for him and the opportunities he has. Next will be Rod Walker from the New Orleans Advocate. Hey, Coach, uh, Wyatt Harris made All-American today. I just want to ask you what he sort of meant to that front for you all. He's really a very, very tough, physical style, playing hard, has a little bit of old-school nastiness to him, both he and Josh Myers in there, kind of side-by-side. Side. Um, made a commitment to come back. You know, a lot of guys were opting for this, and he opted to come back and, you know, be a Buckeye, you know, and help his teammates and give us a chance to maybe play for a conference championship and now have a chance to, to, to play in, in, in the Final Four here. So he did that because he's not only a great player, but he's a great teammate. You guys don't see a lot of this, but uh, as hard as he plays, as physically plays, as tough as he is, sometimes the best thing he does when he brings the juice and he talks to our team, he carries a lot of clout. He has a lot of heart, a lot of conviction. Uh, he not only does he talk that talk, but he walks the walk. He's a tremendous player. His, his accolades are well-deserving and proud of him. Glad we get to go go to war with him this week. Next up is Tim May. Thank you very much. Hi, Coach. I was just wondering. Going back to that window, too, now, that's going to be a great battle that linebackers that Clemson has and their toughness and physicality with, with Wyatt. Those are some tremendous one-on-one -on -one matchups. I was just watching some tape of last year's game, and their linebackers have a couple plays where even almost congratulating each other. The, the, the opponent, uh, J.K., and uh, the one linebacker locked up one time. That play, you can see him like – appreciating and respecting each other, how tough they play. So that's going to be exciting watching Wyatt and our inside guys against those great linebackers that Brent has. Sorry yes, about that's that. what I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, uh, you guys have played these guys before. You know, you're you're familiar. You've had you had success moving the ball on these guys last year. How much does that help just the, the demeanor plus uh, adding the fact that the way you guys have run the ball the last two weeks, the last two games especially, how's, how much does that help the confidence, the demeanor of this offense headed into this game? I, I think um, – I, I don't know if, if – I mean, I think sometimes it can be talked about. I don't know how many times I think our players are not somewhat confident going into games. I think there's a lot of you know, self-assuredness our guys have, the way, we, the way we work, the talent they have, the competition we create in practice, going against each other, et cetera. Having played against them, you know, you – I guess some things come back or you can physically put on plays and – and like see a blitz they're doing this year. Hey, they did that blitz last year. Not it's going to happen again, but you can you can see the players you're going against. You can see yourself competing against their players. Um, but at the same time, what you got is ultimate respect because you got as consistent a program in college football this decade, and it shows up every week. And having worked with Coach Venables for nine years, I know the way he coaches, the way he teaches, the way he leads those guys, the way his kids play, the way their defense plays. So uh, you got your hands full. So it's nice to have a lot of confidence. But it is going to be, and it's nice that we moved the ball last year. But the key thing is not moving the ball; it's getting points. And you're not in this day and age of college football. You're not going to win championships, you know, kicking field goals. You're not going to win championships, scoring 17, 21 points. You got to get in the end zone. So we had some success, but we got to find more success, Tim, because it was not good enough last year. We have time for one more. We'll go to Dennis Dodd <laughs> from CBS Sports. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Very well, Dennis. Um, just wanted you to reflect on on how you got there. Obviously, you were available in 2016, but just the circumstances after that playoff game. If Clemson doesn't beat Ohio State and shut them out, you know, Urban doesn't retool the offensive staff, and here you guys are. Yeah, I, um, just very fortunate, very grateful. Uh, not wishing bad ill luck or ill will on anyone, but 
that the opportunity was allowed to, to be here. You know, I've had the opportunity um, to have coached at Oklahoma and, and Ohio State now for, what, 13 years. I think in the last 50 years, those are, I think Ohio State's number one and Oklahoma's number two and win, wins the last 50 years. Those are two most winning teams. I've also had the opportunity to be at Northwestern and win a Big Ten championship. Had a chance to spend six years in Indiana to build a program that's still doing pretty well. And those are actually the two programs with the most losses. So I've seen the two spectrums of, of where it is. But I'm grateful with the opportunities and jobs and the people we had that, that Coach Meyer gave me and my family an opportunity to be here. And with that, to work with, with Ryan and Coach Doug, Coach Alford, and now Coach Hartline, the guys we got to really, most importantly, anything else. And if you saw it practice, they just go out there and practice and um, have a little fun with Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis and kind of rib Ruckert and Luke a little bit and, and, and have a good old-fashioned play. Get a little pass pro down there and make sure the defensive linemen know you're there and just have a little fun coaching ball. So very, very grateful to be here and excited to, to finish this season. And if we're lucky, have the opportunity to keep doing the years to come. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kevin. We appreciate you taking the time and uh, good luck with your preparations the rest of the week. We'll see you in a few days. Happy New Year. Thank you.